Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Gabe, will you be calling Rupp Arena Central Bank Arena now? <laughs> I will not be calling Rupp Arena, <laughs> Rupp Arena at Central Bank Bank Center, Central Bank Park. Uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was Central Bank Arena at Rupp Arena, but ma- but maybe that would be a little little it's little like too confusing. Someone I saw someone do like the acronym. It's like rack. It's like rackbook. Yeah. Like yeah, call a rack book. That's some that's something cool. Uh, I I I always tell people that the KFC Um Center is the corniest name in college basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, I was bummed when they didn't just name it something cool, not that. And I'm equally as bummed, even though no one's gonna call it this. Just the fact that they're like, hey, we're gonna still slide in and make ten million dollars a year off this. It's just kind of like, nah, come on, guys. I mean, it was a pretty it, it was a pretty instant <laughs> Twitter joke, but I feel like they could have just delayed. Uh, you know the announcement a few days by calling it a bank after South Carolina just banked in a three <laughs> and and beat them. I mean that's 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 funny. That's that's, oh, that's so that, that so funny itself. for for a lot of reasons. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it struck me when when I saw you today on Twitter calling the name and rights thing it, and it kind of annoying the hell out of you because man, it, it it really does annoy me and it's like a weird thing that I didn't even realized annoyed me until you kind of pointed it out. But yeah, it it does suck. So. And yeah, uh, it's, it's... no, I was going to say that that's a perfect segue into other things that suck that we're going to talk yes. about today. This has been a weird week in Louisville, and we wanted to just off the top, uh, you know, talk about the iHeartRadio events that took place um, where several, several staff, both on air and off air, but probably most notably to people who listen to this podcast, uh, Mike Rutherford, John Ramsey and Paul Rogers, um, who unfortunately lost their jobs this week as a part of a national uh, layoff, national cut of jobs by iHeartMedia, um, and a ton of more people behind the scenes. Uh, you know, people that you know, if you listen to those shows, are are putting in a ton of work, and people who are never close to a a microphone, um, who lost their jobs and you know uh, their livelihoods, and are in a really tough situation. So we just wanted to talk about it. We just wanted to, um, you know, put our put our hearts out there. You know, I, I think some people who are a part of those shows probably listen to you know part of iHeart, probably listen to this podcast. Um, so we wanted them to know that you know we're with you, and you know we're terribly sorry. And a, a ton of people put a lot of hard work into that, and I think Louisville is a very unique radio market. And a lot of, you know, it's very diverse and a ton of people um, work really hard to be a part of it. So I just, I was super bummed. I know you were too, Chris. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird for me. Like I, I, I get the business. Um, I, I got a degree in, in mass communications. I really understand, you know, how, how things work and work in the, the journalism. And I understand that these business decisions need to be made, but I'm always, always amazed when these things happen that just the level of disconnect from the, from the head to, you know, kind of, uh, kind of the middle and and what goes on and how some of these guys that that you're removing with all all due respect to Mike Rutherford, who we love, but, but to, to just fire a guy like Paul Rogers and to do it while he's at Pittsburgh and give him a phone call and, and to, to, to just do it in that matter um, just, it's just, it's, it, yeah. it, it, it tells you everything about the company and the people making the decisions. And it, I don't know. I don't have to say anything else. It, it, it just, it, it tells you everything. And yeah, man, as far as it like relates to like the, the old talk radio and stuff like that for the last like two to three years, it's, it's been kind of a bug that I've caught. It's, 
it's been NPR in the morning, um, sports radio in the afternoon, and really like when a guy like Mike and, and Ramsey are gone, that's that's like a part of your life that that's gone for some people because like it's yeah. it's, it's 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 a comfort thing, man. It's a relationship. Um, you're, it's, you it, feel like you're a part of the conversation with them, you know, if with with or without you calling in, you know. Yeah, and even you're if you're there. like even if you're like a listener who who checks in from time to time, I, I mean, I know me, I flip through pretty much all the all the stations and kind of get a feel right. with the pulse of what everyone's talking about or even if you're a guy that listens every day that's still a significant like part that that that's missing and, and then they replace it with a guy like like Doug Gottlieb um which yeah. is just kind of like a, a spear in the heart um yeah to, and, and, to, to and progress it further a, yeah and doing a lot of reading I I posted about uh, an article that I, I thought really explained kind of what happened in a, in a good way and you know it doesn't validate what happened at all um, but I'll post in the show notes from Rolling Stone uh, the, the headline is the culling has begun inside of the art media layoffs and uh, they just talk about the fact that you know this happened in small to medium markets they said like the largest market that someone was fired in was Las Vegas which is like the 35th largest market or whatever mm-hmm. so just to know that a lot of communities like Louisville you know they mentioned Buffalo they mentioned Syracuse um, they mentioned, mentioned Milwaukee just communities oh, those, that are don't seem like the ones that would have like the strongest relationship exactly, with the radio exactly personality that's exactly what I was about to say like you know I'm from New York City and like you know, when I was growing up, I remember like Mike Francesa, like at the peak of his powers, Mike and the Mad Dog. And, you know, I, I got a little bit of that before I moved to Louisville. And like they're talking to 17 million people, but you never felt like I don't think, you know, and talking to people who love those guys, you never felt like those people were like people you could have a beer with, you know. Right. And that's what you feel like with with with, you know, um, you know, good local radio hosts. That's that's always kind of been I would 100 percent go out and get a beer with those guys. And just you know it, it's you we could talk for probably an hour and a half about like oh iheart media says they're a technology company their app is all yeah. about all these other things um this article is really interesting if you're interested in the in the inside baseball of it you know um, a lot of people who work in music i know uh, were, were fired as well and let go and they're just talking about the fact that there's no such thing as a disc jockey anymore you just get you get the playlist you press play and then every five sure. songs you cut in and say hey what's up and um so that's that and it's really it is a bummer and i know um there's a lot of there's you know some of the radio stations are owned locally and you know hopefully you know the hopefully the industry doesn't you know get to a point where even those those guys can can be hurt um because yeah. i think more honestly i feel like more than ever you hear like i don't know like i just feel like louisville and i might be completely wrong because i don't look at I don't look at the finances, but it just feels like we have more local radio than most places I go to. Yeah, I mean, maybe or maybe you're just a little bit closer to it, and of you're course, paying a lot more sense. attention to it. it I mean, it's, like a, a city our size. I yeah, mean. it's it, it's always hard to say with those things. I would say that uh, that one thing I I do hope that it is a positive out of a situation like this is that people just pay attention a little bit more yeah. to to things that are happening. Um, Things that have happened with with Sports Illustrated, with with Deadspin, exactly. with with a number of, of media entities, and to know that that you as as the consumer, you certainly have a say in to you know maybe stopping some of these things or, or stopping them from getting to the point where they're at. You look in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, I I know that some of the guys they're they're bringing. I I saw the headline, so I didn't. I don't want to speak too much, but I saw the headline and basically said that they're bringing some of the people back that they they initially fired just because of the public outrage. 
Um, so I would just say to never really underestimate the power yeah. of, of being informed and, and using your voice to to kind of, you know, enact change, just even in a yeah, media and setting. It, and in some situations, and, you know, this I think speaks more to, you know, maybe, you know, newspapers and stuff, but so in some situations, using our voice means using your wallet and supporting, you know, if there's an opportunity to support, you know, you mentioned NPR, you know, that's pretty you know wfpl wfbk are, are, are listener funded yeah so if you are passionate about those you know those opportunities you know it's a little harder for something like 790 or or 680 or 939 to go and be like i'm going to subscribe to you but if you see opportunities to that there's someone something you're really passionate about something you really like if you love the courier journal subscribe to the courier journal and stop using fake email addresses to get 21 day trials you know it's uh, i think we're in a time and a place unfortunately where um you know if you can use your dollar you know it's an it's the do so because it just helps yeah and i mean it, and eventually if, if someone doesn't these things are gonna not exist and we're gonna be mm-hmm. worse off for it and that that's no just the, that's just the reality of the situation so i I, have, I completely no. agree with what you say gabe Sending sending love out to those guys. I know I know I know some people who who work there. Listen, so uh, if you're hearing this, uh, we're sending our love out to you. Sending you know you're in our thoughts, and um, we know that the next chapter for for you guys, you know, it's going to come, and it's going to it's it's tough now, but uh, there 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 is light. So with that, we'll start the intro and uh, talk about stuff that is much less serious. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest. And we're back, Chris. We wanted to start this off. You know, this has been a big week for Louisville basketball. They're having their biggest game of the season coming up this Saturday. But we could not go a single minute more into this podcast without talking one <laughs> Robert Petrino, former Louisville football coach, who is now the head coach at Missouri State University. I would tell you what, this this is turning into the perfect podcast. If if you want to know about former like basketball or, or football coaches that have that have been at Lowell, because typically we had the Ray Bettino update for we probably... talk about Ray Bettino whenever <laughs> we can. Yeah, so so now we're going to talk about Bobby, who is significantly less interesting than Ray Bettino, but him getting hired is absolutely hilarious on so many levels, and him being able to pull the wool over people's eyes again, again, he's done and, it again in the in the Bible Belt. First off, let me ask you: It's Springfield, Missouri, baby. Have you ever have you ever had a singular conversation with Bobby Petrino? Have you ever said hi? Have you ever got his autograph? Have you ever took a picture with him? Anything like that? I think I've said like "Hey, coach," and that was it. And he was like walking by, and he just like kind of waved. I don't, uh, but I, I don't think I've had anything like you have. I, I don't understand how he keeps doing this. Like I don't understand how someone can rebuild their image, and I don't understand honestly. I've been surprised. In a lot of ways, to see former players of him wishing him congrats, um, Des Fitzpatrick, Galen Smith, uh, a, a few other guys. There's definitely been some some people who have kind of like alluded to how you know toxic the culture was and things like that. Um, when especially when Satterfield got hired, but I he is not a charming person. 
no. uh, when, when, you, no. when you talk with him. So I, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know how he's able to do this again and again. That picture of him, first off, the picture of him doing the knuckles was absolutely suspicious, like perfect. But the picture a few days before then at the, uh, the, the coaches' conference, I can't remember the, the exact acronym. Oh, but I know what it is. Yeah, the, I know it's... It was essentially a photo op of him drinking beers with a bunch of other guys. And that picture to me was just as equally as funny because I can never imagine Bobby Petrino going out and having a beer with any person. Did you know those were like all high school coaches? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know that none of those people is like – I, I'm probably a few of them are D two or D three, but I, I forget thought, the name. I forget the name of the coaching I, conference. I'm I, upset. I tried to extremely enhance in on the one guy that was furthest away from Bob Petrino because I thought it may have been a Missouri State logo, but I really couldn't confirm yeah, or deny what it was. Were wearing their logos. Yeah, yeah. But oh, man. man, what is what is your thoughts beyond the obvious of like what what the fuck Do you have any? Because I don't, I don't know that I do. I think it's just like a – it is. It's like a holy shit he convinced someone to, to let him do this again. And I like I have the I have the article pulled up from the Springfield News Leader um, where he said – where like the president of the school was like he's changed from eight years ago. And then everyone on Twitter was like, yo, don't worry about eight years ago. What about two years ago? What the – and everything's like exact like deja vu man because it's it's him like his his quote one of his very first quotes the very first line is this is where i want to be this is where i want to be for multiple years and i'm just like fam like you want to be here but do you want to be at any of the local high schools and recruit like like do you want to be on the football field this is exactly like verbatim what happened at Louisville? It is just wild to see from afar. It's other other another money quote here is um since eight years ago he's led two FBS programs without incident. Okay, Western Kentucky, <laughs> yes. Louisville, no. <laughs> what, what is your definition of incident? What is? <laughs> yes, there was no motorcycle crash, but there was a crash of another sort. <laughs> I, honestly, like when I when I think about it, I think the biggest indictment on Bob. Vitrino is Mickey Crum on the field at the Kentucky game refusing to leave the field. <laughs> like that that to me is literally deep and Bobby Vitrino's not even the coach at that time, which is the most ironic thing. But that to me is like the defining photo of the Bobby Vitrino era at the at the University of Louisville. Um, there's there's so many things here because Art Browse was reportedly considered Yeah, let's um, let's talk about that part of it. And the also, that, um, let me let me say real quick: okay. anybody that's comparing our brows to my Petrino needs to get the fuck out of here because oh, no, that's no. a that's an entire different level. Yeah, of and I, I, I didn't see a ton of that, but just the fact that I like it really seems like Missouri State was like we're thinking about Art Briles. Just to lay the groundwork for no JK, it's Bobby Petrino is one of the wildest. You may be, you may be right. Ever seen. Is it, I, is it I, wild or is it is it genius? <laughs> both. It's so wild, it's genius. Yeah. And then the fact that he 
what was the what was the other thing you said he wants like he wants to like be here eight years oh yeah he wants he, to be there eight he years. wants to be there five i think it was five to six years um and then he wants to like say i i won a national championship there's like something about him winning a championship at missouri at missouri state i, I can't like, think funny, of this is it i can't think of many things that bob petrino cares about less than the division two championship <laughs> Let's be honest. Wait, are they Division Two? Uh, they're not Division One. They may not oh, be Division. Were... No. Okay, so they're FBS yes, then, right? Yes, they're whatever division has a playoff. And I should know this, and I do know this, but you know, it's whatever time o'clock at night is, and I'm a little tired. Yeah, they're, and, the, you know, they're FCS. Yes. Like they're in the divi- they're in like the division with like a like a North Dakota State. Yes, correct. Okay. You're exactly right. Um, I'm reading through the quotes. Um, he acted like Fayetteville was close to Springfield, Missouri. He essentially said something along the lines of like, <laughs> you know, I spent some time in Springfield because I was coaching the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, which they're not really that close at all. I didn't really understand no, that not, at all. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, Bobby, the last time... He, he's, he's coaching in the Bible Belt, um, which is just, just hilarious. Just a heads up. I need to give you a heads up. The Missouri State hasn't been to the FCS playoffs since 1990. Oh, they're really bad. <laughs> so, so just... no, they 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 won like one game last year, and then like two. Oh my two gosh, years I can't believe. I mean, you knew he was gonna turn up again, but I didn't think it was gonna be like this. I thought he was gonna be like an offensive yeah. assistant somewhere. I thought he was like you know gonna get like a very low profile job at a decent you know, D one team where he can just be like, let me be like the, uh, the passing game coordinator for two years. And then you make me a coordinator. Is it like, you know, uh, hilarious to you as it is to me that an anesthesiologist makes the same amount of money that Bob Petrino will be making at Missouri state, because that <laughs> is extremely ironic and extremely hilarious because basically the final year of Bob Petrino was a real life anesthesiologist. Um, so when, when I think of Bob Petrino now, I am legitimately going to think about anesthesiologists and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking of. And just another note, I don't, I, I think we're wrapping it up on this one, but the fact that, not like not to make this a Tom Jurich like oh my god what it was he should be mentioned. but he, he now that he's got a new job there's no offset which you said it'd be a quarter million dollars which you know he Bobby is getting one point one seven million dollars every quarter until the end of 2021 so it's not like that wouldn't have mattered at all but just the simple fact that that wasn't a part of this deal is just like unbelievable yeah I mean I, it is it will always be wild to me how how Tom is is kind of still left with a pretty stable legacy at the University of Louisville. And I, I think I I don't know, man. I think I think I think the majority of fans are like, yeah, he did good things, but he really blew it down the stretch. I, at this I point. completely disagree. Really, I, I, I think I, I think we're at, I I would say 60 percent of fans feel that way. I think I think like the the, the difference with him and a lot of like other figures is that it's been complete silence and it was just like i'm gonna go off to the sunset it's over i'm done i'm fine with it and that's kind of helped him a little bit in some respects and it probably should yeah. I, I don't think george had the I mean, he's smart yeah he's smart yeah um I, I, he made dumb decisions down the stretch but he was a smart yeah guy. we can leave it at that we can leave it at that all right chris let's talk about something a little more fun 
and that is Louisville's past week. Since you know, since losing to Florida State, the Cardinals are on a three-game win streak. Uh, they won two big road games on Saturday. They won at Notre Dame, sixty-seven to sixty-four, in a you know a not great effort, and then they won at Pittsburgh, seventy-three sixty-eight, in another not great effort, which sounds bad. But I'm really excited about it. It's uh, it's funny because I'm positive. It's the 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 biggest level of consistency we have seen from this team has been in the last three games. They've consistently won in very similar ways. They've consistently won in the last five to ten minutes of each game, yeah. which I would rather them play their best minutes in the last five to ten minutes, considering everything that's happened in the last twelve months to this team. Sure, I uh, just remembered that we were talking about before the podcast, you know, setting up the show, and I just remembered that I totally forgot that that I need to tell you my story about my antenna oh, wow. breaking and and, uh, and and Pittsburgh and and that whole experience of watching that game of tumbleweed. Um, but we will get to that. Um, okay. I was like, do you want to hit me with it now? Cause you can do it. You want me to hit it with you now and then we could just roll into it. Let's talk it. about, let's talk about Notre Dame real quick. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about just the kind of the message of this team in the last two days in, in Notre Dame. What, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think, and I guess, I guess if we talk about Notre Dame, we have to talk about Pittsburgh. But just, I, think, I think they're tied in together because it, it, it's similar themes we see, minus you know David Johnson's development. But yeah, I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away is what is what Chris Mack said. This team doesn't win these two games last year. Yeah, they 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 even in in times where it got certainly hard Pittsburgh, against, certainly not the Pittsburgh game, and to see the team. You know, fight back to see a guy like Dwayne Sutton, you know, who's hitting five. He's five from six from three in the last five minutes of, of games. Absurd. Fantastic. To see him step up, see Jordan Wara take on some of the leadership qualities that, you know, that we've talked about being vocal in leadership, you know, pulling guys together after threes, um, you know, in, in timeouts to see everyone get involved. You know, we talked about Malik Williams a little bit last week, and I think he was excellent in these, these two games, mm-hmm. especially while Stephen Enoch was, you know, obviously suffering from the flu on set on Saturday. And, you know, to a lesser degree, I think at Pitt, but still wasn't a hundred percent. Apparently I didn't catch this part, but Darius Perry was a part of the flu. Or, or something had the same like type. I, I saw that mission in passing from someone. Oh, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't hear No, I, I, I didn't hear it either, but that's something that's been out there like by multiple people now. It, I, I whatever don't know someone if it's, says, okay. I don't that know if it's sense. real or not. Um, when someone says that, that somebody has the flu, I always assume that three more people are going to get it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just but the yeah, way it goes. But yeah, go ahead. I, I didn't mean <laughs> no, to interrupt no, no, you. But but. I just, no, no. I, I, I think, you know, going into it, it's just like, guys stepped up. Yeah. And that's all you in like, yes, this team made a lot of dumb mistakes. There was a lot of possessions, you know, they, you know, they, they, the fouls were very weird at, at, at Pittsburgh, but you know, they turned the ball over a decent amount in each game. Um, they made a lot of, they missed a lot of easy shots at the rim. I, I, it was much worse, at, much worse at Notre Dame at the rim, but, and, and, you know, they tightened up on D pretty well against Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh was shooting out of their minds, you know, they hit 30, you know, they were 37% from three, but you know, Louisville hit shots when it counted. They were, they were clutch when they needed to be. And 
you know, we're seeing there are two qualities, like sort of like intangible qualities that this team has that I really like. They're able to go on runs, not quite like that 2013 boom, but like the like a mini boom. They can rattle off a 12 to three run pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And then they also they also are are becoming clutch. They're playing some of their best basketball in the last five minutes of games, which is those are you know, those aren't things that you can super, super quantify. They're not like shooting threes, but, you know, they're doing what they need to do. They got to the line pretty well against against Pitt as well. I think that's sort of becoming a little bit of their identity. It's just like guys just stepping up. I mean, I, yeah. I, I watched Kentucky the other night, and this honestly like isn't a shot of Kentucky. I've been watching a lot of Kentucky because I think that's the type of team that Louisville could potentially see in a second round, or that's the type of team that's going to be on Louisville's seed line that they're competing yeah. with, with with the seed line. And and I see them bring in you know Johnny Juzang in the, in the final three minutes because of foul trouble, and he's just not ready. He's not ready because he's not good be, because he hasn't been playing. Cal hasn't been playing, and he's been saying, you know, I I, I got to go. I got to win these games. I can't play these guys. that can't win games. It's funny because Mac has took an alternative stance at this point. He suffered against Pittsburgh. You mentioned me in the middle of the game, and you were like, "Yeah, David Johnson has probably cost us like seven. Hey, you were right. I was David, right. David yeah. Johnson cost us seven points. Really jerk, but, but yeah, it was no, like it was like a two minute span where he had made a couple of mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a shot at David Johnson. It's just a point to you know point out the different coaching philosophies. Is yes, he he cost you seven points in the first half. You let him play through that, and then what happens towards the end of the game is Trey McGowan hits that bank three. Pittsburgh yeah. goes up by seven, two to 30, and you think the game's over, but David Johnson comes back a strong drive to the rim, doesn't make the shot, but is a good enough drive to where Louisville can get an offensive rebound and answer right back with a three-point play. It's a four-point game with, you know, two minutes and change, and at that point, you've, you pretty much just answer the bell. Um, so that, that to me, is very fascinating thing that's happened in the Commonwealth is that is the complete opposite of what you usually see. You have some guys from Mac that, that he's letting them play through mistakes, young guys that are playing through mistakes, and you have guys like Kentucky that are, they're not letting them play through mistakes because Cal's trying to win games. And and Louisville's being able to do that, and they're able to win. And that's 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 huge. I, I didn't understand. I understand it after Miami. But after Notre Dame, I didn't understand the skepticism, and I definitely didn't understand it after Pittsburgh. I, I think some of the people that have the opinion, that the, the negative opinion about this team are the same people that probably are not watching a lot of college basketball. And I'm not trying to like stand up on yeah. my seatbelt yeah. here and be like, oh my gosh, I'm watching so much college basketball. I know a lot of things. It's not that. But I, I just go look at the Kim Palm numbers from last year of teams and look at them this year. This is an abnormal year for college yeah. basketball. I, I, I can't tell you enough how abnormal it is. And to have a team that can answer runs and is good enough to make clutch shots and is good enough to respond late in games is very, very significant. The, right. the line for teams that are sweet 16, sweet 16 teams to the ones that are getting beat in the first round may be the smallest that I've ever it's, seen. It's it. a very thin margin. It, it just just as an example to like your point here of like the difference, because I think it's important to like quantify this. So the number one offense in college basketball right now is Gonzaga and and Ken Palmer. Look, Ken Palmer stats. Their adjusted offense is one hundred and sixteen point two points per um, you know 
per hundred possessions. And, and they have a gap on other people that shoot that. Too. Right. They have. Well, it's the them and Dayton are, are identical. Yeah. Actually, so one hundred and sixteen point two. Last year, one hundred and sixteen point two would have been good for the seventeenth best offense in college basketball. Yeah. So if you think about it, if you think that there's 17 great teams that don't exist, if the 17th best offense is the, you know. That's an entire Sweet 16 field. That's an entire Sweet 16. There you go. And that's That's just how crazy this is. That's why I chuckle at people that are like, you know, Louisville's only got one guy who who can create his own shot. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, flip that. Jordan, they have a guy in Jordan Moore who can drop 25 points a night. How many play, how many teams have that? I mean, maybe five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe more. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think of a guy like Maxi. Um, I think of a guy like like Azabuki. I, yeah. I think of a guy like Marcus Howard. Those type of guys. But there's not many out there. Um, so yeah, it's like it, it, you cannot. You have to adjust the way you kind of analyze teams year to year. And this year, you really have to do that, or you're just going to be searching around and and not being able to find any great teams. Mobile found ways to win games. That's that's the end of story um, for me. I mean, I I I, I want to analyze these things critically, and, and I do want to talk about you know some of the negative things, but I really don't have a lot for Pittsburgh. I really don't like from from the negative side that was that was a hostile environment um, it was a hostile environment it was a very like it was an ugly let's game. talk about officiating let's i mean it was an ugly basketball game and, and we can talk about officiating at this point because it was really bad and it was bad on both sides i mean yes there was an overtime uh you know 22 fouls called on each team that was equal you know yes that call at the end louisville was very lucky but there were it, it, it was that was like the last bad call Right, you know, and you, if you know, a, <laughs> you know my stance on that. I know your stance. Louisville lost a game last year because that a three wasn't made a three. So we're it's not gonna, we're not gonna guys, draw. Man. The basketball. I don't remember the last time Louisville was on the right side of one of those. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not gonna dwell, dwell on that. I just want to make the point that it was a very oddly refed games on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk about David Johnson now, or do you want to tell your story? Uh, let me tell my story real quick, tell and then, then, then we'll go on to David Johnson. Then so we'll talk uh, about David Johnson, then we'll talk about Duke. I, I, I worked late um, during the Pittsburgh game. I, I had some inventory stuff that I had to kind of hash mm-hmm. up that I, that I had to do that kept me working late at work. Um, so I got done with that, I want to say at about 8 o'clock. It was probably like 5 or 10 minutes into halftime, into the second half. Um, and it seemed like, you know, I, I'd watched most of the game to that point, really, because I wasn't really doing shit. Um, but it seemed like up to that point that it, that I was under the understanding that I could get home, you know, with about four or five minutes left in the game, um, which would have been perfect for me. I was like, I'm, I'm going to miss six, seven minutes of actual game time in the second half. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get home and I'll be able to see the finish because I figured it was going to be a tight game. Anyway, um, so I flip on Paul Rogers, um, Baba Vanna, listening to the game. I'm driving down the highway, and a rock comes off of a semi, hits my antenna perfectly, like literally perfectly, and <laughs> snaps it in two. The craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen something hit something so perfectly. Maybe a Lamar Jackson pass to the end zone. I, 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 I really don't know. But it's important to, to note before then 
that I had gotten. It wasn't like a wreck, but it was like one of those like disabled vehicles where every like car just goes to five miles an hour for no yeah. particular reason in yeah. your in traffic. They just want to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> at that point, it's a five minute game, and it's like dwindling down, and and I know the score. Um, so I have no radio. I'm I'm, I'm checking my phone. Um, it's not really in a good. safe manner. In a yeah, safe manner. Right, in the safest manner absolutely possible. But I'm like shit. Like, it, it, it got to the point to where it seemed like, you know, overtime was a real possibility. So I'm, I'm in Clarksville, Indiana, and I just take the very next exit that I can find. And I'm like, I got to find out what happens in this game. I got to find out what happens in this game. And I pull into a tumbleweed that literally has, like, three people in it because it's the first restaurant I see. Three people in this tumbleweed. They're about to close in, like, 30 minutes. And I walk in. I watch the rest of the game. I get a beer. Um... And yeah, I'm just I'm just in there watching a global game with like three people, Going nuts with three, three dudes. Yeah, and and nobody wants me to be there because they're about to close, and they're like, "Really, this fucking guy? You're gonna come in here right before we close?" Um, so yeah, dude, that that's what happened. I feel like it was the turning point of the season. I, I, I the, the the best I've seen Louisville look, the second best I've seen Louisville look. was was in the overtime in a tumbleweed in Clarksville, Indiana. Well, so. listen, let me tell you right now, if you. <laughs> If we're in a situation in a tournament game, you need to be near the tumbleweed. Yeah, just letting you know. I, just letting you know. I, I, I think that's fair, man. We'll watch the ACC tournament final at that tumbleweed. Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe, the, maybe the ACC tournament could be a good trial run. <laughs> we could. We'll see where we go yeah. from there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about David Johnson because shout out to everyone who dm'd me saying no you're a darius perry fan oh my god i know we have... <laughs> but we gotta play david johnson and i said yeah you're absolutely right we need to play david johnson we more rested <laughs> ourselves into the position it's like um people come to us now like it's like an old takes exposed like situation right and, and, and i don't think we ever like really went in that robe or whatever i'm happy to be in it, you know if David Johnson wants to ball out, um, that that's perfectly fine with me. Let me ask you one question before we dove into this like discussion. Okay. Do you think? Uh, let's let's look at just freshman year potential, and you know, you make the high water mark wherever you want to make it. But okay, do you think more beneficial for Louisville this Louisville team would be Samuel Williamson reaching his high mark? For his freshman season, or David Johnson reaching his high mark for his freshman season, which have been performing to their best of ability, would be more beneficial for this this team. season. Yes, just this season in general, nothing else. I think I think the answer is is David Johnson. Okay, I say that as a big Sam lover, but I think I think this team, if you're saying the best of their ability. You know, I, I, I talked about it. I, I tweeted at somebody, you know, they, they were talking about Mac and how, how they kind of, you know, looking back on the past few days, they've really commended how Mac has, has handled things. And he has changed things up. He, he played David Johnson last night through the lumps and, and Williamson through the lumps. And I mentioned, I replied that I remember during his press conference after Pittsburgh, he would, you know, you can just tell how political he has to be about these things because he said, you know, David Johnson, I think, has, and you could tell, like, 
see like something's effective ceiling and he wanted to say has the high ceiling of the guards yeah which do you agree with me i i I think he does have the highest ceiling of the guards oh yeah i think that's 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 pretty much pretty much a no-brainer i would say that's a no-brainer i want to say ryan the man just to troll you but i know um, but he he didn't say that because i think he knows that he's gonna need even if david johnson comes out against duke and drops 25 points there's going to be a game down this stretch. He's going to need Darius Perry to come in and have 12 yeah. points and seven re- and seven assists. I won't, he's just going to need that. I won't mention who it is, um, but let's just say they may or may not work for the Career Journal. They may have may not <laughs> used to work for the Athletic, and they may or may not be living in Europe right now. Um, I, I I spoke with them about kind of this angle, and and Chris Mack maybe thinking he has some type of like obligation to to guys that have come back or or, or seniors or or things of that nature. And I was like, you know, d- does Mack view players like that? Does does he think that he has an obligation to those guys? And he, they were like, yeah, he does. He he's always coached like that. Like he he thinks that you know if, if a guy's going to return and and he's going to do this thing that he he owes them to play them. Um, so I, I think this is an awkward situation for Mac. So I think that's even more reason that he should be commended for, for honestly, he's navigated it about as well as you could possibly navigate. And I think also he's in such a unique situation because if David Johnson is from Cincinnati, this isn't as big of a problem right. as it is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That, that, the that, that that's the whole Louisville, other part, man. That's the whole other part of People it. People have seen him, and it's it's almost like, I, you know, growing up in a small town, I, I know, like, the whole dynamic of, like, a, a guy playing in middle school and being really good in middle school and then being a freshman in high school and, like, the, the high school football coach not playing this guy, but, but you have fans that are, like, telling the high school football coach to play this guy that – is like a freshman and he's really good and everyone in the little small town knew how good he was. That's like the same dynamic here. It's it's very funny. And I don't know. There were people, and we had these discussions, there were people who said the reason why Louisville lost games against UK and Florida State was because David Johnson it's didn't play. That's not true. And that's just not true. And that's the one thing about David Johnson performing so well as I have seen a lot of those people like, see, I'm right. Now that he's now that he's playing, I was right. And and David Johnson's going to lead us in this way, which I hope he does. That'd be great. That'd be great if David Johnson could play so well that he can he can take over and play 25 minutes at point guard position. That that's like that's like a thing that's justified that that'd be fantastic. I think that'd be really good for this team. But my point, I think our point with Darius Perry is that he still is going to, if there's going to be times where he's going to be leaned upon. Mm-hmm. And, and so now Mac is almost in this weirder spot where, you know, David Johnson against Pittsburgh earned more minutes. Does he get the start against Duke? It would be a hell of a story for a, fre- be, for a freshman of mobile to get his start, first start at Cameron indoor. Um, it would be nuts. It would it would be really nuts. Back to your like other point is, I, I mean the only game that I can really point to that Louisville lost because of the guards is the Texas Tech game, but then right. then they responded in a much more significant challenge at Kentucky and played about as well as they can possibly play. Exactly. And that that that's like, man, we 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 talk in circles about some of this stuff, but. It, it, you know, it bears a beating and it's a continued theme, and we'll probably talk about it in circles some more. It's fine. Um, but the, the, the thing that kind of drives both of us crazy is just the overzealous nature that, that different players on this team get treated with. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, no, and let's we don't we, we don't need to go down the road again. But I, I to, to answer your original question, I think yes, I think Samuel Williamson being uh, you know I think his highest peak would be being the second scorer on this team, and that would be incredible. And being able to kind of maybe be the sixth man and come in and you know being able to drop fifteen points that would be huge for this team. But I do think that stability at point guard is more important and would be a bit a be, would lead to a better outcome if you could have one or the other. Both would be great. I, I'm not sure I completely agree with you. I don't really have That's a fine. strong like arguing point, um, so I'm not even really gonna like you know turn <laughs> it into first take here and argue with you. Um, but I, I I would like to see the dynamic still to this day of Jordan Wara and, and Samuel Williamson being on the floor as much as possible in both defenses ha- and defenses having to account for both of them um, as, you know, legitimate scores. I think career arc-wise, just like overall, I think Samuel Williamson has a higher climax point than than, than David Johnson does. So I, I no, think I, it's like... I don't, I don't think you're necessarily wrong with yeah. that. I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Duke really quick because that's... Biggest game of the season? Biggest game of the season, biggest game of the Chris Mack tenure at Louisville, I think. Ooh, I love it when you put that that tag on. I think you've done that like twice. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, like, I thought a lot about this today, and I think, like, w- th- there's going to be a lot of games that I'm not really sure how much the selection committee is going to, you know, we always talk about quad one, quad two games. That's part of the equation. There are other things that are part of the equation, but there are going to be a lot of like games that are going to be on the fringe of being quad one games for Louisville. Like that pick game could actually turn into a quad one win for Louisville. It's conceivable. Um, yeah. Virginia Tech's one that could happen. Um, Virginia's one that could happen to a lesser extent, and then you know probably not much else. But this Duke game. Basically, what I'm saying is like this could not only be a seed line game; this could almost be a multiple seed line game. Like mm-hmm. this, this could take Louisville from being the best five seed to the worst three seed to get a win in, 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 at Duke. And you're, talking, you're looking. This is a signature win. Yeah, no, this it, is, we're talking it, about a signature it, win. It, it, it is, and I, I think it like could kind of like submit this like thing with with Chris Mack in January. That, that his teams are really good in January because I, I pointed the stat out earlier today is that, you know, last year they opened January as a loss to Pittsburgh and then when then they went on a run and didn't lose a game the rest of the month. They won at North Carolina. So if he can kind of do the same thing um, in, in back-to-back years, he'll kind of have not the same type of like Patino-esque thing that you were like, you know, He's always going to have his teams ready for March, but you're you'll you'll be able to make the argument that he's kind of like maybe overcame the hump uh, and able to get his teams to peak a little bit more later in the season. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's significant for a lot of reasons. I think you know Jordan Ward. It's a very significant game for his his pro aspirations. I think, honestly, I, I um, think I think if I had to put one label on it, I think it would be that. Because he looks so poor against Kentucky, if he wants, you know, th- this is going to be a standalone one. game. It's and- a standalone game. The sc- there are going to be more people watching this game. This is a centerpiece for ESPN on Saturday. Uh, this is a game he wants to show up to. Yeah, he's going to have a pretty like decent matchup too. If you see a lot of Cassius Stanley, it's a guy who's you know he's six six, he's undersized, but he's he, he's like 
he's like one of those guys that Dylan Moore is going to see a lot in the league. It's going to be like yeah. an extremely athletic dude, an extremely long dude, but not really a great defender. A guy you can score on, but a guy who's just got crazy athleticism. There's like those those guys are like a dime a dozen in the league. What do you think happens? Prediction. I think that for Louisville to win this game, they need 50 points out of Jordan Warren, Malik Williams, and Stephen Enoch. So that's not out of the question. That's 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 25 from Jordan Mora, and then that's another and 20. 13, that, that, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think so maybe... I, I, I think it can happen. Um, I think Louisville is going to win. I think that the big. I would feel a lot better if Duke hadn't just lost. I don't. And that's very norm core. Those, of me, those but... I, I don't know. Those, those narratives get overplayed. To I me. know they do. I know they do. That, and that, I know the that... stats don't support it, but it feels like for Louisville they do. <laughs> <laughs> because like it's like I, I, I thought that was was so long for like a team like Ohio State, and I, I kept betting Ohio State. And maybe I, I, I'm just saying that because I've been burnt by it lately, but. Maybe if you like couple it in with the fact that they're coming off loss and they're playing at home, maybe it means something in that respect. But I don't know. The the, the matchup in the game for me is decided between Cassius Stanley, Dwayne Sutton, and Jordan Moore. I think Cassius Stanley is a problem for Louisville. Yeah, he is. Um, he, uh, you know, going through some of the synergy stats, uh, burning carries, averaging like 1.1 points per game. Per, per possession, rather, and then he's right behind him with, like, 1.08 um, per possession. Um, he is the guy that I, I think that Louisville's going to throw, you know, Dwayne Sutton at him, and you're going to see kind of a very similar vibe that you had with with Therese Maxey. He's not the same type of scorer as Therese Maxey. I don't think he has, like, the type of range, but he can get to the basket. Just as easy as Therese Maxey or maybe better. I think he's a lot more athletic than Maxey, which is, you know, saying something. Um, he is the guy that really scares me. Vernon Carey is going to get his, but I don't think he can win the game for Louisville, and I definitely don't think Trey Jones can win the game for Louisville. He's a solid, great point guard, but I, I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that decides the game one way or another. So uh, when, I, when I look at the game, I say, you know, uh, Cassius Stanley, I think, is the guy that can tilt the game in Duke's favor. But I, I think yeah. if both teams just play a very, you know, ho-hum vanilla game, I think Louisville's the better team. Um, and, yeah, it, this is something that changes by the moment. Um, yeah. You know, you asked me this question a week ago. I'm probably telling you Duke wins. So it, it, it's just what we've seen from the last, you know, week from Louisville. Have they, have they been kind of battle-tested and clutch and, and things like that? I think, yeah, I think. I don't know. I, I just can't. I can't shake, you know. It, it, part of it is they haven't been that great at Cameron. They played last played at Cameron 2018, got housed. Yeah, I get all that. Uh, I don't know. I just It's asking a lot. They didn't lose. I think they, what, they only lost by seven the first time they played there in 2016, mm-hmm. so that wasn't terrible. But uh, how, how much How much of Duke have you seen? Not a ton. I'll say that. Nah, so no, I, no, the reason why I ask that is because, like, I hear a lot of people talk that, that watch. I watched, like, the whole second half of the Stephen F. Austin game. Yeah, well, no. like, And the, then the Kansas game uh, as well. There, there's guys that watch, like, you know, more college basketball than, than we do and, and that are guys that do this for a living that 
even they're saying for whatever reason that they haven't seen a lot of Duke, which is just weird to me. I don't know why well, that all is. Their big, I'm like realizing in all their big games. So like I saw the Stephen F. Austin game. The only <laughs> other big game that they had was Michigan State, and that was the night of the Michigan game. Yeah. So I didn't see that. Okay, that makes sense. So and I saw them play Kansas. Uh, so that was I was that was such a weird like that was so close, but it was such like a not. Like I didn't enjoy that game. Yeah, it was a very awful game. It shouldn't mean I much to anyone the right Champions now. It's classic, and I, I'm I'm almost like ready to. <laughs> That's I'm ready to right commit. I'm 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 telling you right now because and this is this is honestly from Titus and Tate because they talk about how it doesn't matter. I'm ready to commit to never watching the Champions Classic again <laughs> because I take too much from it. Honestly, and I just like, shouldn't. I I've always thought that there should be like some type of like competitive like Champions Classic, but it should be like the mid major Champions Classic. And they, and they should play it in, like, Maui. And it should be, like, Gonzaga and, like, Utah State. And maybe those... Didn't they used to do that? I, I, maybe the they, they did. Remember the Bracket Busters well, there, tournament? There, there were so many different things. That was, like, later in the year. I'm talking about, like, at the beginning yeah, of the year. Yeah, no, no, I know. I know. Um, I know. Why I just thought of it, I want to get the plug for for the Aaron Hernandez Netflix special because I, I <laughs> no like that that that's like while we're talking, yeah, about, Duke. While we're talking about Duke, let, let's mention Aaron Hernandez because you know it makes a lot of sense to talk about that. Um, no, it's great. It's really really great. Um, and I I just finished the first episode before we recorded this podcast, and I don't know. I just want to throw that out there to make sure everyone remembered that that was on. I had forgotten like. I don't know. I had forgotten that that Tim Tebow was on that Patriots team, and, and to see that interview uh, oh, of, of him, like them being on the field, and to see you know the Brady interview, and to see the Belichick interview, like that that week, um, I do commend the Patriots organization for doing a jersey exchange, like that. I don't know. <laughs> There's just like these very like little weird things that happen that have nothing to really do with Aaron Hernandez. That um, I appreciate it. So yeah. You should watch that, but but back to Duke. Right? I have so many things like I need to watch. Like it's getting. I don't know how into like this is a complete other tangent, but like I don't I don't know how into Oscar season you are, but like I've got to watch all those movies. I've literally over the last year since I started listening to the Rewatchables podcast. Turned, Shout out! I have turned to the Podfather. Really, truly, I have turned. Still waiting, <laughs> still waiting on that Astros podcast, Mr. Simmons. I've I'm turned. I've turned into a movie snob, man. I feel like I'm like uh, I'm at a I don't know I'm at a weird place. Like I I have very very strong opinions on movies, and I never thought I would be that person in my life. Um, just finished watching The Joker the other night. It was very late on that. Um, you should start. You should start a letterboxed. <laughs> Do you know what a letterboxed? I don't know is? what that means. It's like this is we're like mega tangent, but everyone should do this. I'm doing this this year. Every movie I'm seeing, I'm putting in letterbox. It's letterbox with a D at the end. It's basically I don't know if you know what Good Books is. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like Good that, Books like but for that. movies. Okay, I'm down. But with I it. think it's like Good Books. Sometimes you're just like there's just too many books, so you're just like very overwhelmed. Right. Letterboxd is very well done. If you're interested in recording all the movies you've seen and and sort of having an exercise of rating the movies. And I appreciate I that. that. I want that. Like I, I recommend I, it. I never You can be my friend. I, <laughs> everyone can be my friend in this. I never imagined when I was seeing those 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 nominations, everybody talked about like the snubs and I, I, I didn't really pay too much attention to the snubs. I'm just looking at it and thinking like out of the people nominated who I think should win. And I'm just like I, I had very strong opinions about Scarlett Johansson winning 
winning best supporting actress or no best lead actress, I guess for for yeah, marriage, marriage story because I thought that that was just mm, I just, really enjoyed that movie amazingly well. written. Yeah, very well written. So yeah, um, Duke basketball. Duke. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know if you have anything else. I I don't know. I I think it's gonna. I I can't. I can't in my like. Not in my right mind. It doesn't sound great because it makes me think you're crazy for saying Louisville's going to win. But I just can't, with full confidence, say that Louisville's going to win the game. I think. Never mind. I'm not going to say. I'd love to see it. I'm, I'd love to see it. So I'm batting 100% on this podcast because I think the only real like prediction we had that we both given, and we were both the same, you picked the Louisville win over Michigan. And I picked a Louisville blowout over Michigan. And I don't think we've given a prediction since. Did we give Kentucky? Uh, we did, both kind of said we'd beat Kentucky, I did think. Did we give Kentucky predictions? I feel like we did. Okay. We're betting five. Especially or, football. Especially football. We're betting five hundred. Yeah, we did. We did do that. Okay, football. So we're, we're betting. Well, that doesn't count. You know, football doesn't yeah, matter. We're betting Jose a two day note. Speaking of Jose. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah, I think that covers Duke. I'm going to lay out and, and go ahead and let you talk about the Astros because I, I, I think that's the perfect segue to do that. We we, gotta, we we need to talk about you hate to see it, Dave. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying here. I had a buddy tell me, what happened to you hate to see it? It's been a few ups, but we've got three you hate to see it. We're making up for lost time. The first one is more of just an excuse for me to just talk about the Astros scandal, which I'm not going to explain because they would take 20 minutes. So if you don't know what the Astro sign stealing scandal is, I'm going to invite you to pause and look it up. There's a really good Wikipedia about it. I would highly recommend looking it up because it's one of the most interesting things happening in sports, if not the most interesting thing. You want to know why Stephen A. Smith is so good at radio? Listen to Stephen A. Smith the day after the ship broke. (laughs) My guy is a he fucking was, genius. He was he. Oh man, Steve. Shout out, to, shout out to this is his last, tomorrow's his last day doing the show. Yeah, he he made that very like cavalier. I guess it, it was, was like very I guess it was like already out, kind of like. Well, I think because he's going to be doing so much more NBA stuff at night. Yeah, he just like can't be on TV for sixteen hours a day. Yeah, that's like, just like yeah. that's too much to ask. Shout out to Stephen A. <laughs> shout out to Stephen A. Okay, you hate to see it. You hate to see the Houston Astros, who were holier than thou for years, Chris. Mm-hmm. For years. Houston, you know, baseball Twitter loved them. The Sports Illustrated puts out that that cover like five years ago saying they're going to win the 2017 World Series. They win the 2017 World Series. They're all in on analytics. I love analytics. Analytics are great. They're all in on analytics. Great. They're all, they're so much better than we are. Their best player is tall is shorter than I am, Chris. And I, I'm not I'm personally tall, but he's like he's like five eleven, five ten. How can he be this good at that tall? You know, it's like Drew Diener would be great at baseball. You know how he's this good, Chris? Because <laughs> the Astros organization has been cheating, has been banging garbage cans, has been using electronic buzzers to give Astros players hints on when pitchers were throwing breaking balls and when they were throwing fastballs. Imagine telling this story to someone that's never watched a sporting event in their life. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't. I, I, 
so so you hate to see it. You hate to see the fact that their GM, I don't remember his name, is is banned for a year, but probably banned for life, but probably not because people like to win. AJ Hinch, their manager, out for a year. They fired both of them. They've got to. They didn't get hurt any of the players, but then it spreads. It goes to Alex Cora. <laughs> I'm a Yankees fan, so you hate to you hate to see it. The Sox the Sox got to get rid of their manager, who's fantastic. The the and then you hate to see. It. I don't hate the Mets, but it's hilarious just to see the Mets have to fire their manager, <laughs> Carlos Beltran, as a part of this. Was I it? Sincerely, I, I'm like still really mad about it. Like I'm like joking, Schadenfreude, but like. I've like I I spent from like three thirty until five o'clock just like looking at pictures of Jose Altuve looking for wires on him. This is the perfect Reddit story. <laughs> I will say I will the... say that it's like the perfect four chan Reddit story for like people to to just dissect every photo and believe me they will. Um, I'll toss I'll toss a picture. I'll toss a picture. Like I think I've I'm seen that right one. now. A guy that was the one that Tommy Pham, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy Pham, uh, Richard Deitch from from the Athletic just put the the picture of Altuve with the line under him. And if you haven't seen the video of Altuve scoring the winning home run <laughs> in, in the 2019 a- ALCS, which, by the way, there's no pitcher in baseball you would benefit more from having the information if they're throwing a fastball than the man he hit the home run on, yeah. Aroldis Chapman. Yeah. So hello, and then he literally is running down to home plate. Is he tells his players, "Don't take off my shirt." Instead of celebrating with his team, runs to the locker room to change. <laughs> what? <laughs> just I just and then, uh, and then no, did you see Ken Rosenthal's interview with him? So why did you go run away? He said, "Oh, my wife doesn't want me to be shirtless on television." <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> You're Venezuelan. You, you're always you're Venezuelan. You're always <laughs> shirtless. I think we found the name of the podcast. <laughs> you're the, 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 like, come on, man. Like, it's just, oh, dear Lord. I say that as a Dominican. I'm just saying no Dominicans on, on, the, on the Astros. No Dominicans on the Astros. We would never do anything like this. Never. <laughs> We have Santity for baseball. You hate to see it. That's all I got. Honestly, I like I could go another thirty I, minutes. I was, on this. was telling you before the pod. It's been a bad time for the whole city of Houston because you had the the Texans, you know, jump out to that massive lead in the divisional round against the Chiefs, and then the but Chiefs. You like, but you never like. Did you ever feel during that game that the Chiefs were out of it? I mean, I would I imagine. I would imagine Texans fans did. When they didn't, when they punted on fourth and one, I was like, "Did the te- the Chiefs are coming back?" We, like the second they did that, and I almost I actually went, no I went, no Texan fans felt that way because they also hate Bill O'Brien. I went yeah Bill O'Brien, geez Louise, and I went I actually went to Bavada, and the money line at that point was only plus two fifty mm. for the Chiefs. Yeah, it's 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 that. I was but, like, what? <laughs> but they hate their football team. They hate their football coach. Yeah. They. They honestly like hate. There, there's a big portion of like their fan base that just hates the Rockets and hates James Harden um, because they they did this thing with the Warriors where they can never beat them, and that's kind of just stuck with it. Um, so I don't know. What I'm telling you is, I, I think five to six years from now, you may be looking at the city of Houston as like a dark sports franchise town. 
that's that's well, it's a, what you said it's what you said before the podcast we were, we were talking about we're going to do d to see it's and you said you would much rather not make the playoffs at all than lose the way that they lose. I would, yeah, I would, much, I would rather be like a, a a team that's stockpiling draft picks than a team that can't never get over the hump in my own conference. But here's the thing. But the worst part about this Astros thing is that they got punished. But like they didn't get punished enough. And like fans, fans were like, they're like, okay, whatever. We still won the World Series. Like you're not taking that away from us. And I think I know even that if feeling, they, bro. I know that feeling, bro. And I think even if they had done quote unquote, like you know, revoked the the pennant or whatever, like that, I don't think they would have been pissed either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I, the only like baseballish take that I have is I'm wondering if there's going to be any type of repercussions for the players. Um, that that that's the thing that keeps like sticking out to me is it seems like from you know sort of an outsider that I don't think that anything will happen to the players but man that seems like it, it rings pretty hollow <laughs> yeah uh, it's it's wild um, move on to our second you hate to see it yeah 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 you want to take the lead since I just talked a whole lot yeah <laughs> I, I have to pull up the dock are we just talking about gun girl no, we're talking about. Uh, we can talk about Gun Girl now. I thought we were talking about Bobby, but we can talk about Gun Girl. Yeah, we can. We can. Uh, yeah, let's do Gun Girl. Um, so, Gun Girl is like all over my Twitter for it, and it's weird because it's like these people that it, it it just seems like I can never find like the source of where these videos come from. They just pop down from the sky, and it's like okay, she's on a new campus and she's interviewing people about things that you know. they're not going to agree with her with and her going to the university of kentucky and seeing that response from that guy to her was the biggest w just like you said for the university of kentucky in years so you hate to see it it was an upset i don't even know if you hate hate to see it It, it's just like you hate to see it for gun girl here's here's the part you hate to see it you hate to see that some of the people in the Kentucky media that could benefit the most off of these clicks refuse to post it or promote it because they know the outlash and the backlash that'll come with promoting it. That's funny. I added you. I added you, person. I added you if you're listening, which you're not. You know, you would have gotten the cl- I would have clicked for you. I would have clicked from multiple computers. That uh, Chris, I would have paid money. I would have paid money to sit in the comment section of a KSR article about Gun girl. Literally, if you, I would have, I would have paid, I would have paid, I would have Venmoed Matt Jones five dollars. That's, I mean, if you, if you went on the the, the post game show, the South Carolina Kentucky game, and said, "Open up the phone lines, let's let's play this interview, and let me hear responses." That's tw- that's twenty dollars worth of, worth of content. I would have listened good content. to it. I mean, that that is w- absolutely genius stuff there. I would have listened to it. Um, so yeah, you hate you hate to see that. You hate to see that. Uh, final, you hate to see it. it we we want to go back to Bobby because you noticed something on Twitter that was just utterly hilarious. Okay, let me t- let me take a drink of water here real quick. No. Um, so Bobby has a Twitter account again. Bobby Petrino has a Twitter account um, again. It is remains to be seen whether he is the one running it. Um, that is definitely a, that is definitely up for debate. Um, but. W- he has seemingly found out that that Twitter has the new feature where you can add some of the, reply, the replies um, that people make to you know something you post. And on his probably his first post or maybe his second post um, about the book, 
I had noticed that he had hid tons of replies. So I went ahead and clicked the ones that were hidden, and they were literally all just pictures of him in the neck brace at the Arkansas press conference. And (laughs) you hate to see it because it was so blatantly obvious, and I I do think whoever was running it felt like the general public wouldn't see that. Um, that, That's how I pretend to think about it, and that's, that's how I imagine that whole scenario going down. So you hate to see that. You hate to see that. That that was a good trio of you hates to see it. Um, man, that's great. Yeah, good times, um, man. Do you want to talk about sports betting? Yeah, before I we think, get to our uh, final topic. Yeah, I think we should. We don't really have a lot to say. We just want no, to say that it's, it, it, that it's hopefully happening. Yeah, like that's that's kind of you know what we said at the beginning of this podcast before we were recording. We were like, yeah, we've. You know, can mention sports betting, but what are we going to say beyond well, it's something what, that needs to happen? Say. So, um, yeah. Here's what we should say, Chris. So here's the here's the deal with sports betting. So uh, there was a bill introduced by I think his name is Representative Koenig, who represents an area in uh, a district in northern Kentucky. He is a Republican. This is a bipartisan bill. It has passed the House committee. It will allow you to do sports betting at tracks and also mobile. I think some other places if you it's I think you could build too, a yeah. brick and motor. Yeah. Um so it's gonna do what we want it to do. It's not full scale casinos, but it's a good start. So it is past this House committee. It looks like it has enough traction in the house. If you live in a district where there is a uh, a GOP member of the house, I'll put this I'll put the link in the show notes. Go call your person tomorrow. <laughs> Go call them. Say, hey, I just would appreciate it if you support the sports betting bill. If you don't, because I think a lot of people who listen to our podcast don't, uh, and you, I would recommend you do the same thing, but for your senator, because the Senate is where we really do need the votes. They don't have the votes apparently in the Senate. Uh, our good friend Robert Connie from uh, My Old Kentucky Podcast says that's the rub. Uh, even though there appears to be more support behind sports betting than ever, you're getting groups who are normally re- support support Republican measures like the Chamber of Commerce, uh, a lot of business groups. You know, um, the 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 I think the police union and the firefighters union are behind it. Educators are behind it. Visitors bureaus are behind it. Uh, the Greater Louisville Inc. is behind it. Blah blah blah. So you're getting all the support behind it, but the problem is the Senate. And so if you, for some, you know, I live in an area for some reason, uh, gerrymandering is the reason uh, <laughs> I, I actually live in the Oldham County district for the Senate. So I sent an email to my Senator and said, this is going to come to the Senate. It looks like, so I want you to vote for it. So send an email, find out who your person is. It takes five minutes. Uh, they were like legally required to respond to you. Yeah. I think no, you're, so you're completely you're, right. Um, you're going to get a response at the very least. And if these people see that there's pressure, they have to, they have to get some inclination that they should do it. I mean, it kind of, these people, it kind of just goes back to like the echo of, you know, what we said at the beginning of this podcast and something totally unrelated. Um, this is something that, you know, you totally have the power to, to enact change in a situation like this. Like that sounds corny as hell, but this is something that is very close and it feels like it just needs a little bit more push yeah. and a little bit more prodding to, to really push it through. Uh, because the thing about this bill is the only reason why it wouldn't pass is because people want to be obstructionist. Yeah. I am interested in, you know, 
on principle in general to see just the response from the horse racing community because I, I do think there is a sector of people that are afraid of something like this happening in Kentucky because of you know maybe it takes away interest in the horse racing industry. I don't think that's that's well, something that the, will I happen. Think the way the bill, yeah, I think the way the bill is written, it's it's going to benefit them yeah. a ton. No, I think it really limits the opportunities for outside of that. That's so. the way I look at it. Is I, I think it's something that totally benefits them, but I think there's a natural fear of that happening. And if you and if you are sending one of these messages, if you do decide that, I would recommend that you don't necessarily highlight the fact that this is going to raise a ton of money for Kentucky, but the fact that this money by the end of this year, every state is going to have sports betting in that that borders. I think maybe Missouri doesn't, but Tennessee is looking at a measure. West Virginia has it. Ohio has it. Indiana has. West Virginia it. have it. You said West Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess Virginia is the other one, but yeah, yeah so that's I, I'm not 100% sure what they're looking at, but I know Tennessee is looking at it and it looks like they're going to pass it. Yeah, and I think so, that, that's the biggest point is you don't want to be last. So, I yeah, you don't want to be last. And as you just said, you you sent me an article that the that the off the track sports thing, sports book in, in, in Clarksville, that if you've never been to, is just an absolute like fun place to go to. You should go. Uh, the sarcastic. They made more money last month than Caesars did. Which to, me, sports which to me highlights that's people coming from both. Exactly. Because it's close. Exactly. So these are just the statistics. Like, this is what we need to tell people. If this money is going away, why wouldn't we keep it in town? So, like, people already doing this. They're doing it either illegally or legally and benefiting other states. Yeah. So why wouldn't we benefit? So I would just highlight that just, just as an aside. That's I think that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, that. let's uh, close up on Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham. I mean, this this story, man, is we we could have started since the beginning of the podcast and we could have still been talking about it because there are a lot of things about it. But this story is just way too perfect. Odell Beckham, you know, is one day he's on the field handing out, you know, dollar pills that uh, <laughs> LSU comes back and says, you know, that money that, that, that was they fake, and then the NCAA is like, "Come on, give me a fucking break!" And they're like, "Okay, maybe it wasn't fake." Okay, and it definitely in, wasn't fake money. And he's in the locker room, slapping the ass of, of policemen and the New Orleans Police Department. Um, I, I assume it was the police department issues a a warrant for his arrest um, for simple assault. For for simple assault, and the, the very like interesting part of this is they they written initially attempted to get sexual assault but the judge did not grant that um no you did, you're not even me- you're missing the very last part which is the officer got interviewed and he said he resisted the urge to punch back yeah. against you gotta punch in a player, due bro. to jovial atmosphere in the locker room and everyone is like why would you ever admit that you were thinking about punching a person inside a locker room with like all like people who would a hundred percent jump you if you so if you done that? So, so two things from you, Gabe, that I want. Give me okay. one sentence to describe what you thought when you saw this video, and then another sentence. Which video? The the, 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 the video of him slapping the ass of the of the cop, and then another sentence to describe what you thought. When you when you found out the arrest warrant was issued, so when you saw okay. the video, what did you think? One sentence. So when I saw the video, I thought questionable behavior, but Odell gonna Odell, and that's funny. Okay. And then the arrest warrant. What was your thoughts? Cops be crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
And you know what I also said? Because my, my was, uh, I didn't know that Lowell Metro Police Department went down that far south, but... <laughs> The other, the other part that, uh, and people have been mentioning it, is if you look at the video, that cop is like, he's shorter than Jose Altuve. And he's just, it was very little man syndrome of him. It was very like, oh, well, he got, what did he expect coming into a locker room? And he's like looking for people's like alcohol. He's like, what's in this can? Yeah. Why are you guys like, smoking? I don't, the, I don't even footage. know why the cops were in the locker room. But what amazed me about this is, and was like, that cop a Bama fan? Like, he had to be. Yeah. There's just no way. What, what's amazing to me is, unless my understanding of warrants is just completely wrong, that a judge had to sign off of this. Yeah. And that that to me is just a whole nother level is not only you do you have, you know, a group of police officers supporting it, but you have a judge signing off on something that just sounds so absolutely ridiculous. And then like there's a whole Twitter side of like <laughs> the people that 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 want to say, you know, if it was a woman or, or something like that, it would be a whole other thing. It just turns into a dumb conversation because there are people that are that are going to pretend to have like very strong beliefs on it when everything about it is just hilarious. I was talking. Uh, uh, Keith Wynn made like a point about. It. I don't have it in front of me about you know people just like they say the dumbest things when it comes to Odell Beckham. People just say dumb shit in general when 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 police are involved. <laughs> Like period, but I, but like Odell, like even like when you're talking about the money part of it, like people are just like, people, I, I just they're so I don't know what it is about Odell that just brings out like the worst possible like vaguely racist comments in people. For because some it's reason. not like you never you have other personalities like Odell in the league and you've had them yeah. before, like yeah. Cam Newton, you know. Chad Johnson to a, but hey, to a certain man, but extent. Hey, but hey, the, 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 you remember the Cam Newton letters to the editor at the Charlotte Observer, like the Karens of the world. Like, he dances too much. And yeah, like, but Odell hits different, man. Odell hits different. You're absolutely right. He hits different, and it bothers people. It bothers people, and I can never. I, I love. I, you know, he was he was drafted to my team, the Giants. I was so sad when he got traded. I was devastated. I was like on a flight. It was it was the worst. I found out just before the flight took off. And, uh, and I just like had to sit. I had to sit for two hours and just know that when the phone turned back on, it was just gonna explode with people making fun of me. It was terrible. Ezekiel Elliott was also in that locker room. He was, oh, that was a weird thing. That was really They're just strange. Man. The, the, they just like to party. I'm just going to say it, you know? Like, no, they the do. Pizza, uh, Ezekiel the Elliott pizza like, straight box, up the freaking pizza box student, video, dude. The pizza box video from last year. They just like to party. But That's yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, shouts. The, the funniest shouts. part about it to me is, like, these people that are on Twitter fighting this battle that, you know, Let's let's just say it straight out that are that are Trump supporters that probably didn't even know this video happened, you know, twenty four hours ago, and now they just have like the strongest opinion in the world about it. It is absolutely hilarious. Like, can we just take some moment like this and not make it too serious and just be like, this is fucking hilarious on all levels. On all levels, it is absolutely hilarious. Like. There's no way Odell's going to get arrested for this. There's no way it's going to get enforced. Everything about it is just hysterical. Like, like, 
no, you're absolutely right. Like, who cares? Let LSU enjoy it. And I saw something where it was like, man, Odell's taken away from the joy of the LSU fans. And then, like, the LSU guy, the LSU, like, the beat writer was like, let me tell you, I literally have texted 10 LSU fans about this. None of them give two, like, flying rats behinds about, about Odell Beckham. Like, this is nowhere on their radar. They couldn't care less. I mean, I wouldn't um, care either. Before we close this out, let's just shout out to the fact that, you know, you got to take some credit for this LSU win, having hung out with Joe Burrow's parents. <laughs> Dude, that, that's still... Yeah, had a few drinks with Joe Burrow's parents. top three, like, weirdest, like, moments, sports things. Um, that, that right there, and then Rick Bettino laughing at me when I asked him about Russ Smith as a freshman. Those two things are like the weirdest things that have ever happened to me in sports and probably will be the weirdest things. But yeah, um, getting drunk with, with, with them in the Athens Brewery, um, probably that was before the SEC championship. Isn't there like a, a week layoff or is there a two-week layoff between the season and the, and the conference championships? I feel no, like the, the championships right after, there's a layoff between like bowl season because they do that Army-Navy game I, I feel in like between. So I feel like it was before the the Army Navy game. There was definitely a okay. significant layoff. Like Joe Burrow, like the Heisman stuff or, or the playoff wasn't like you know completely submitted. It was a thing that we thought would happen. No, it wasn't. It was before. Never mind. I take that back. It was before the Texas A and M game. So okay. it was okay. week probably you know probably one or two games left in the season. But yeah, that's when that happened. Great moment. Um, and something I do, just have to absolutely laugh at anytime they show their faces. No question. No question. And I think with that, we'll close this out. It was a long pod. We did. It was fun. We did go fun. deep. Um, I don't we know deep. if we have any plans to talk on Sunday, Monday, Saturday uh, after the new game. What are you thinking? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we can see what happens. Keep it this in. We're keeping this in. We, I don't know. We, we can see what happens. We'll the keep, game we'll, is at six. We'll keep it the game open. is at six. So you know, if it's a if it's a good game, there could be a Twitch stream. In yeah, the yeah. We'll, we'll, let's just we'll, say that. we'll just keep that possibility open. It may be an intoxicated Twitch stream from from potentially both of us, and I am totally for that, especially if it's a dub. So yeah, no question. Uh, and with that, we'll close it out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Chris. This was fun. This is a good episode. This is good. We had fun on this. All right, take care, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Go Cards. Thank you.